around the, um, the opportunity in the sector, specific areas, what the Greek government has already done, and what the private sector has already done. And I'm sure we have time for questions, uh, for questions as well in the end. Um, the healthcare or the life sciences sector, more, uh, more specifically, is a significant, in my view, uh, source of growth, source of investment, source of innovation. Two global trends, and we're not going to delve into them in too much detail, but will play a role and they're relevant for Greece as well. One is um, this intersection of data science, technology, and healthcare, and a lot of innovation and a lot of action is happening that is happening there. Uh, particularly relevant as uh, in Greece we have the right talent and it's an area that doesn't need too much capex, so smaller countries uh, without the massive you know, uh, industry behind them can actually thrive in that, in that area. Uh, the second one, which creates also unique opportunities, is this move in, in healthcare broadly from treating the sick uh, which is what we've been doing for 30 years. Somebody gets sick and we have a drug or we have any replacement or something and we fix them in quotes to uh, preventing disease. Uh, and a lot of opportunities arise from that. How do you manage to prevent disease? Um, a few months ago, uh, a group of executives from the US, from the UK, were asked by the Prime Minister to uh, provide some thoughts and some views on what the Greek uh, or how the, the how the Greek ecosystem can develop, and Vasilis was an, an integral part of that, uh, of the core team as, uh, on behalf of the government. Uh, I'll mention three things, and then, then we'll go into detail. One, we have a lot more uh, of the ingredients than we think uh, to attract um, investments, to create opportunities in the sector in Greece. Uh, and a lot has already been done, uh, and we'll talk about those. Now, Let's all be real at the same time, right? We will not be Boston, we will not be San Francisco overnight. Uh, we may get there uh, in, in, in many years, but there are a lot of things we can do today. We can do clinical trials, we talk about that, manufacturing, um, AI-driven companies that can arise um, uh, in, in, in Greece or, or broadly in the region. Uh, also, commercialize innovative research that's happening in Greek universities or research centers, again, that last one is probably a little more longer term, but there's the, the first three can happen immediate, immediately. It will take commitment. Uh, it will take uh, consistency from the government and the private sector, but we can get there. Uh, and importantly, there's not much need for government funds. So this is not where the sector is dying for the government to go and fund it. The, the remit here is how can we attract outside capital? How can we get international sophisticated healthcare investors to come invest in Greece, uh, large corporates to come invest in Greece, rather than say, hey, government, can you please give us some money to, uh, to grow the sector? So I'll stop here. Uh, Vasilis is, is much more knowledgeable uh, on a lot of these things than I am. Uh, he was, uh, for, for the few of you that may not know him, he was the alternate minister of, uh, of health, uh, and he currently serves as an advisor to the, to the prime minister on all things uh, healthcare. More importantly, in my view, he combines uh, <coughs> both the knowledge of the healthcare sector, but also a very market-driven, investment-driven, commercial uh, perspective and view. Uh, and as I said before, he was very involved both in the work we did for the Prime Minister's office. Uh, also, he had the, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if I should say pleasure, that's probably not pleasurable, but managing uh, and leading a lot of the response that the government did during the pandemic. 
which I can imagine was not uh, an easy, it was not an easy task, and it was, yeah, exactly. Uh, so with that, uh, I'll, I'll pass it to, uh, to Vasilis for the main course, and uh, we'll have some uh, time for questions in the end. Thank you, Vagili. Good evening, everybody. I'm really happy to be here. I would like to thank the forum, Olga and Nikos Bornozis, for giving me the chance to share my thoughts uh, with you in this, let me say, this post-pandemic forum. In addition to what the previous uh, guest speakers uh, here today who responded to the question, why invest in Greece? When it comes to healthcare, three additional reasons support uh, the reason why. Firstly, the country holds unique uh, characteristics, such as highly trained personnel with international recognition, world-class facilities, and advanced medical technology infrastructure. The Greek government definitely supports entrepreneurship in the health sector, thereby strengthening innovation, research, and development. And the results of the policy of these governments are evident. The Greek pharmaceutical industry has recently announced investment plans of more than 400 million euros. Pfizer, everybody knows that, has the headquarters of an international digital technology center in Thessaloniki while um, another major big pharmaceutical multinational company, Berger Ingelheim, is investing over 100 million euros in the next coming years for the period 2019 to 2025 to expand the production activities of the factory in Koropi, Athens. Secondly, a mature research and innovation ecosystem already exists in the country. It's worth mentioning that the life sciences field in the Greek uh, startup ecosystem constitutes 16.2% of the sector pool, by far the most popular. Moreover, and I'm referring to the study you mentioned, uh, Vangeli, Greece has already laid the foundations, enabling the country to become internationally competitive in the field of innovative pharmaceutical biopharmaceutical bio, bio industry. And we had this state-of-the-art report that was submitted to the Prime Minister, and we have done several steps since the report became public. And I strongly believe that in the next coming period, Greece will manage to be uh, in the map of the biopharmaceutical sector. And thirdly, the healthcare sector stands in the intersection of a multi-billion recovery plan. And I'm referring to the National Recovery and Resilience Plan. A component is dedicated to improve, to improve the accessibility, the sustainability, and the resilience of the healthcare system with funding exceeding 1.5 billion euros. This, the components' main building blocks include the redesigning of the overall healthcare system through organizational reforms, aiming to optimize the utilization of, finance, of financial resources and create a quality framework, and uh, moreover, focusing on the reform of the primary health uh, care sector and uh, reorganizing services offered towards prevention and promotion of health.
I strongly believe, we strongly believe in the government that growth opportunities for health are pivoted around three major pillars, digital transformation, value-based healthcare and patient centricity. The Greek government has carefully designed an ambitious digital transformation program for the health sector, which will be funded mainly through the RRF program. Technology companies should grasp the opportunity to invest in Greece and offer innovative products and solutions tailored to the need of the end users. The available funding is quite significant uh, considering the size of the Greek market. It's a huge opportunity for information technology healthcare firms to provide solutions that will cut costs such as remote patient monitoring, which is delivered through telehealth platforms and lead to closer follow-up and care, especially for the elderly or needed-based patients. A good example of the primary health care sector. A lot of the care that is being delivered in hospitals today will shift to an outpatient setting, leading to the growth of ambulatory care, where a lot of procedure, uh, procedures can be done in a day care setting and home-based care using the latest technology. We aim, our target is Greece to become First, a hub in the field of clinical trials. In doing so, we, are, we have redesigned the institutional framework under which clinical trials are conducted and ensure the attraction of both basic research and product development research. Clinical practice, as you know, is continuously improving in Greece and the level of skills and infrastructure has proven to be more than, more than competitive at the EU level, as has been observed in the handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Moreover, due, due to a 2019 law that has enabled mandatory returns to be offset by corresponding investments in certain areas of R&D, create a favorable environment for clinical trials. We also believe that Greece could become, is becoming a big data analytics hub. Greece is one of the few countries to have electronic systems collecting data of 11 million users, 100% of the population, approximately 60,000 prescribing physicians and 11,000 pharmacists. Utilizing existing systems in conjunction with the digital transformation of the health sector, open up new possibilities for the use of big data and real-world evidence data. It's worth mentioning that open access to this kind of data is the prerequisite for growth of startups in e-health and the collaboration between universities and clinical centers. Moreover, Greece attracts several service-type businesses that interdigitate with the drug discovery, development, and commercialization process, generally with an underpinning of sophisticated data processing, such as sample processing, medical data handling, and market access services. 
Also, Greece provides a favorable environment for investing in the manufacturing of pharmaceuticals. Production output has been steadily increasing. A sharp increase, a sharp increase in the industrial production index indicates enhanced efficiency, plus 92% in Q4 2020 versus 2015. With a total of 20% of pharmaceuticals already manufactured contractually, there is a significant opportunity for multinationals to form joint ventures in production and scale up their operations in Greece. Notable incentives have been launched in the past few years aiming to grow local investments and attract foreign direct investments. The Greek government has also a strategic vision to become a medical and wellness destination. We seize every opportunity, we promote business partnerships and we ensure high quality services. Also, a robust strategy in providing health care to the chronically ill and the elderly, especially for citizens seeking for relocation options when it comes to their retirement, is already being deployed. We strongly believe it is evident that the investors community recognized the successful responsiveness of Greece to the pandemic crisis. And during this crisis, the health system became strong, stronger with more financial resources injected in. Expansion of critical infrastructure such as ICUs, internal care unit, units, and a significant amount of healthcare professionals being hired to cover needs. The Greek government is committed to a strong, resilient, efficient, and value-based healthcare system that meets all needs of patients. And the structural reforms currently under deployment, we have planned, we had planned for many reforms, but due to the pandemic, things went a bit slower. Create a favorable investment environment and this is evident by the fact that a significant number of international investors have already established a strong footprint in the country. Also, the attractiveness survey of Ernst and Young for Greece for 2021 demonstrates that the image of the country as an investment destination continues to improve with the pharmaceuticals and healthcare sector recording an overall increase of 62% in foreign direct investments. The Greek government has explicitly laid out the areas of focus over the next years and um, we would like to provide the dedicated investment promotion and facilitation efforts to support investments in the country. No doubt, Greece is uh, an attractive investment destination and through this forum, we invite all investors to seize the opportunities that have arisen in the healthcare sector in Greece. Thank you.
Oh, sorry. There we go. I got it. Okay, so what I was saying is we, we have no protocol for moving this forward. We are uh, happy to take questions from, from people. No, you're fine. Happy to take questions from people. Uh, I can kick it off uh, with, with a couple, and uh, we'll take it from there. Um, one, one that's in my mind and uh, probably in other people's minds is you mentioned, uh, Vasily, incentives for true innovation in Greece whether it's R&D incentives and um, you know, uh, tax incentives and all that. Uh, there have been talks recently and articles about perceived disincentives uh, when you talk about, you know, we're one of the, the countries that, that has pretty high clawbacks, for example, for innovative pharmaceutical companies and all that. Uh, what's your comment on that in terms of how the government is truly looking to, to incentivize uh, innovation in the country? Thank you for the question. It's an opportunity to clarify some things. Um, everybody supports and the government supports that the clawback mechanism is not a first choice yeah. uh, you know, a first choice uh, procedure in order to contain the rising of pharmaceutical expenditure. It was supposed to have been abolished so far, but we haven't managed to achieve the level of expenditure containment we would like to have in order to meet the budget caps that were designated by the institutions in Europe. And we strongly believe that uh, taking the appropriate uh, structural reforms, we will, we will be able to not only to minimize uh, clawbacks, but to create the appropriate uh, budget cap in order to fund innovation. Yeah. Because this is a big issue, not only for Greece, but for every country. Everybody knows that uh, gene therapies and cell therapies is the new tsunami to the healthcare systems because of the high cost of this treatment. So uh, imagine uh, a novel treatment costing 1.5 million euros, 2 million euros per patient. What is going to happen to the healthcare system? So uh, we need to create all these mechanism, mechanisms in order to promote innovation, contain costs, and uh, simultaneously applying the necessary uh, structural reforms. And when uh, talking about reforms, I'm referring to health technology assessment uh, yep. uh, procedures, um, the uh, setting up of an innovation fund. This is something that we are thinking about. Um, specific uh, clinical and prescription protocols in order to avoid overprescription. Uh, of course, anti-fraud uh, technologies regarding uh, prescription and uh, the implementation of um, negotiation techniques in order for a new drug to be reimbursed by the uh, insurance system. 
and of course to apply all the um, tools that are available, such as price volume agreements, managed entry agreements, and all. We are not going to reinvent the wheel. We just need to copy and paste good practice from abroad, and I think we are on a good track and we will be able to control the high increase of clawback. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, second one, and then I'll stop, and I'd love to hear from others. Um, uh, we talked a lot about uh, this, you know, the report about the the opportunity that Greece has to, to become an investment destination uh, in healthcare. Uh, the few areas that we mentioned, clinical trials, uh, manufacturing, uh, data and AI-driven technologies, uh, research and all that. Uh, the government has done a lot already. Could you or would you want to give a couple of examples or, uh, you know, the, the, the things that are already in place uh, that the government has put in place over the last year, a couple of years, three years, whenever it is, uh, and or any remaining things that are top of your list that you would want to see, uh, you know, quickly done? Uh, the government has uh, studied in depth this report and we have uh, done several steps since the report was published, since May this year. And first of all, we tried to map the existing situation yeah. and to see the gaps compared to what the report uh, suggests. Uh, Vagelis was a member of the team who conducted this report. Uh, we know that the main four pillars have to do with manufacturing, clinical trials, basic research. It's very important for us because we strongly believe that we have a well-acknowledged scientific personnel and, of course, digital transformation and outsourcing of services offered to pharmaceutical industries. I think that we have to do little things compared to regulatory issues or improving the legislation, we are um, preparing some uh, laws and uh, we will be able to, um, let me say, go public in order to attract uh, investments in the country. Uh, as the study mentions, it's not a privilege of Boston, Cambridge, yes. Dublin, London, or big uh, countries to attract investments in the biotech sector. Uh, there are other, many other small countries, yeah. such as Israel, okay, Israel is a different case, and other small countries that can uh, be a part of this biotechnology sector, which is blooming, and it's not a matter of cost, it's a matter of quality. Yeah. This is a finding of, a, of the study that the high cost of the product de means that you have to invest on quality and not on the scale-up of the production. So this is where a small country can play a significant role. And so far, we are 
the Pfizer investment in Thessaloniki is a good example. And I think that we have managed to uh, reallocate our country in the investment map. And uh, we are under discussions with several other companies in order to come to Greece and invest and take opportunity take the opportunity to and the advantage of uh, what the country offers at the legislation level and of course uh, the incentives that we offer such as tax incentives or yep. it's all, it's not only tax but R&D credits, credits and yeah. investment Any questions from the group? Please. Whether it is an American company or a company from another country, the incentives are the same. We have already passed through the parliament several law, acts of law, stipulating the incentives a company has when they invest in the country. Uh, what kind of, of funds can be used? It's the re Recovery and Resilient Fund scheme. It's the European Union uh, funds, uh, state uh, assistance, and um, it is very important to know that uh, if somebody comes and asks for something more, we are open to discuss it and find a solution that could be a win-win solution for both parties and attract the investment in the country. What I've seen, just to add, from, from the few conversations that I've been part of, the like a genuine drive and commitment where, where you know, government officials will sit there and say, guys, if you want to come invest in Greece, let us know. Here is what we've done, and we will be there to support you. If, there, if there's blocks in the system, if, you know, uh, the perceived barriers, we'll be there as a government. We are committed, and we'll remove the barriers to the best that we can. Some things cannot be done, so if there's things that are structurally um, let's say, the, by the European Union or by other entities like that, the, the, the Greek government may not have full authority to do whatever the one they want to do. Uh, but at least from what I've seen, there is real commitment behind come to the country, invest in the country, healthcare in this particular uh, space, but I'm sure there's others that, that are, we're talking about in other rooms. And the government is saying anything that you may need will be there for you. Uh, and it seems to me at least, I'm an outsider, I'm not a government person, uh, it seems very genuine. Please. So you mentioned potential EU structural barriers. Yeah. To what extent is 
I, I am very far from an expert in uh, EU policies or uh, harmonization. But what I will say from, uh, from the markets, uh, what I see is um, uh, even beyond the EU, there's a lot of talk, for example, about um, harmonizing tax rates globally even. Uh, that will definitely play a role. And the yeah, so when it, comes to those, when it comes to those areas, there is, for example, an EU directive that I think either was just published or is, it's, it's being published as we speak around clinical trials and uh, how you run them, what data you collect, all that stuff. So a lot of the areas where you could say a country like Greece was potentially lacking, and I say this lightly because it really wasn't, all of these have been removed immediately. Uh, the, the way you start up a clinical trial is going to be the same in most European countries. This, the, the way you run a trial is going to be the same in most European countries. So that has harmonized a lot, whether it's Bulgaria, Greece, or Germany. Um, it's not 100% prescriptive, so there's things you can do as a country to, let's say, uh, recruit patients faster or reach recruitment levels in a clinical trial, which is a very important element. Um, but it's not the, the main differentiating point anymore. Yes, but, uh, for me, it is transparent, the procedure. The yeah. European law is here. The rules are known to everybody. So every state complies to these rules. But uh, we believe that compared to other countries, we offer significant competitive advantage. advantages, such as the position of the country, uh, the infrastructure in the country, um, specific uh, laws that uh, provide uh, incentives to companies, not only pharmaceutical healthcare companies, companies in general, to invest in the country. So uh, we believe that uh, Greece can attract uh, more investments in the near future.
Yes, uh, Ukraine and clinical trials in Ukraine is really a big issue because many trials had to be discontinued because of the situation over there. And um, we said, okay, let's go and um, bring some clinical trials from, U uh, from Ukraine since they cannot proceed. It's not so easy, uh, but... Um, Regarding the comment that you made about clinical records, first of all, I would like to say that uh, we fully comply with EU regulations. So uh, when, a clinical, uh, when a protocol is, um, uh, is applied in Greece, everybody knows that it follows EU regulations. And of course, uh, big CROs have subsidiaries in Greece, so they follow specific rules in order to conduct the clinical trials uh, regarding the patient uh, data sets and all this stuff. So I don't think that this is the issue of why uh, we... Uh, why haven't so far managed to um, uh, attract uh, more clinical trials? For me, it is a matter of uh, competition uh, in, uh, in the area that has to do with recruitment and, of course, the cost of uh, the clinical trials. Because uh, imagine Greece and Belgium. Greece and Belgium have almost the same population, 10, 11 million people. We are not competing Belgium. We have to compete Bulgaria and Romania because they offer uh, cheaper clinical trials. But uh, uh, a company that chooses another country has to compromise with quality issues. And we, don't, we are not compromising with these with his, uh, issues. And, uh, we have uh, acknowledged uh, sites across the country, especially the big hospitals in uh, Athens, in Thessaloniki, in, uh, in the large cities of uh, Greece, Patra, uh, Yanina, Heraklio, and Alexandrupoli, and Larissa, where we have also university hospitals. So, uh, for me, uh, we have to focus more on how to recruit on a clinical trial, and especially a clinical trial, uh, we are very much interested in attracting trials that have to do with uh, rare diseases. And to set up uh, patient registries for rare diseases. Because if you are going to test an antibiotic, okay, there's no benefit for, no benefit, I mean, 
you have registries, you have the patient profile and all this stuff, but we have to go for rare diseases registries. And to this direction, as I mentioned, uh, the 100% of the population is covered by the uh, electronic uh, sub, uh, the prescription, the electronic uh, prescription system, and um, we are uh, in a position where we are finalizing the implementation of the medical record of each patient in the country. And so far, we have the patient's profile regarding the. Uh, examinations and the subscription, each patient has been prescribed at uh, the level of the insurance fund. So we have a, a huge amount of data and we are uh, on, a, on the way to consolidate all this data and um, under the umbrella of the medical record to be able to have all the data needed for the conduct of a clinical trial and to have the result of this trial. So either we are out of time or we have time for one more question. Let's do that. One more. I can't, but I don't know, Vasily, can you? <laughs> Yes, medical and wellness uh, tourism. Uh, uh, what, uh, what I said before is that we pay, we have a strategy that we deploy regarding the, especially people who are retiring in northern, in North uh, Europe and they are re relocated in Greece. So everybody is seeking for uh, health services. Uh, medical and wellness tourism is a, a field, is a priority also for us because the, let me say that the profit margin is very high and uh, we definitely can be competitive, especially uh, in specific uh, therapeutic areas. For example, uh, teeth replacement, uh, ophthalmology the, with the cataract operations, um, IVF, uh, yeah. uh, yes, uh, IVF uh, procedures. Uh, so we are able to offer the whole package, both the um, uh, medical service and uh, pleasure after this service. Uh, Yes, sure.
No, on the contrary. Thank you, thank you for the question, but... <laughs> From day one, money was not the issue. When the pandemic uh, was officially launched by the WHO, and in fact, we exceeded the budget and more cash was injected in the system. Um, we managed to secure access to all available uh, treatments, not only the vaccines. In Europe, we procured centrally uh, vaccines for the population. Uh, but uh, all the other treatments. Before coming to Paxlovid, we had um, the Gilead, uh, Remdesivir, the treatment for uh, uh, the only one existing uh, treatment for um, COVID-19. It was offered free of charge at uh, hospital setting. No one ever paid out-of-pocket anything that had to do with COVID-19. And I would like to remind you uh, that we were one of the, uh, probably the only one country who offered free rapid tests to students, to tourists, uh, when they visited the country, to students when they had to go to school, to public health sector uh, employees, to hospital em employees, and all this kind of uh, critical uh, population that had, to, that had to do with the operation uh, of the country. Uh, and then we secured access to monoclonal antibodies, and when the anti viral treatments were available, we again provided access to Paxlovid and the other treatment from MSD, but under specific circumstances, because you had to fulfill specific uh, prerequisites. Yeah. If, if you belong to a vulnerable uh, population group, yes, you could have access. Uh, so, uh, money was not an issue for us, and uh, this is why you did well. We, all, we more than doubled ICUs uh, in the country in uh, one year, and um, because I have personal experience being minister at that period of time, money was never the issue. And I'm very proud to say, because you, everybody saw what was happening in other countries, we had uh, Italy next to us, especially uh, the first wave, yeah. uh, that uh, we did all the best in order to protect 
every citizen of Greece against uh, COVID-19. Yes, but Fauci is resigning. It was not because of me, it was a teamwork. And I was proud to be a part of this team. And but the leader has a leader. Yes, and the leader has a name. He's the prime minister of the country. And I have to say that if I have two minutes, because I would like to do my psychological now session. For that, we'll make the time, Vasily, so okay. please. No, no, it, it was really difficult when we were sitting around the table, all the ministers, and had to, to decide about clawback. Uh, it was only Minister Kikilias, me, and Sotiris Tsiodras at the first meeting, mean, meeting who, were, uh, who were telling we have to uh, go for lockdown, to shut down, to shut down operation at schools and all this stuff. Yes, and uh, Adonis was coming, oh, the economy, the Minister of Tourism, oh, tourism, the Minister of uh, uh, the Economics, so what's going to happen to the economy, but when uh, the days were passing, it was a unanimous decision. The decision was made by the Prime Minister, but it was a wise and timely decision. That's why we managed to have these results. And then uh, we had to run a lot. We didn't have masks in the country. You know uh, what was going at a global level. You were reading about uh, uh, one country uh, stealing somehow masks from another country in China. Okay, this is what happened to us also. Because you had to pay cash and we set up a, a logistic center in Shanghai and thanks to Mr. Vasilakis from Aegean, another prominent Greek a ship owner who had a cargo company and other people, we managed to bring uh, protective equipment, personal protective equipment from uh, uh, China. Uh, we had to change the course of uh, the Andonov, you know, the plane. The Andonov, now Russians uh, <laughs> took it down. Uh, we had to change the, the course because it had uh, to refuel the plane in specific countries and we didn't want to land the plane because they were going to get our stuff. So these are uh, uh, 
examples that we that really happened and I'm writing a book about this, so I hope that you buy it. <laughs> it was a great experience and... I want, you never want a, to have ever again. It was a teamwork and we managed to rebrand Greece at global level. And this yeah. is yeah. the... Um, the uh, this is the best feeling that you have even now when you are outside the game. But this is the feeling that we all have. We are very proud of talking about the pandemic to everyone because of the way you handled the situation in our country and becoming the first page of the New York Times forecast when uh, the whole world was facing all these problems and complimenting us for the way we handled the situation is a big present to all of us, to all of us.